This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. Win, lose or draw, McDelivery will always help bring home the free points. And speaking of points, order now on the McDonald's app and you'll earn reward points through every delivery. Order today, rewards tomorrow. You in? Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards, registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Well, I was going to sign in the, in the summer um, because I was a free contract from Bolton, but Blues had a big injury crisis. Murphy had gone down with a knee injury, Stephen Carr had gone out with a knee injury, and then Lee Carp phoned me and he said, look, can you come in when we want to have a look at you? That season that Rout was sacked, if he wasn't sacked, do you think playoffs could have been, you know, potentially viable for us? It can be. It can be quite worrying sometimes, decisions that are made. Whether it was right, whether it was wrong, it proved that it was wrong at the time because obviously we, we just survived relegation. But this is football. That's all we can do as players. We, we Our jobs are to perform. You know, when it comes to the game, it's three points. That's all. That, that's what it is, football, unfortunately. It's about getting three points. If you're not getting three points, then questions are being asked. Hi guys and welcome back to the Blues Focus podcast. I'm Jamie, this is Zach. Hello. And today we're joined by a Blues legend in my opinion in Paul Robinson. How are we doing fellas, you good? Yeah Very man. good, very excited. So yeah, we're just going to basically talk all things Blues, standard stuff like your career etc and just talk a little bit about probably how's it going at Millwall for you and stuff like that, you know, the movement on from football to coaching etc. So we're just going to throw some quick fire questions at you Robbo for a start. Yeah. What is your earliest football memory? Earliest football memory? Oh gosh, obviously I think watching the FA Cup when they uh, Watford played Everton on telly. I think that was my first regulations of like watching a live game on the box. Um, so yeah, good memories for me because obviously I was brought up in Watford, so that was my my hometown club where I come through in the academy. So yeah, good memories to start for me. Mm-hmm. And in terms of it, sort of follows on. But you grew up, you were a Watford fan when you were young, weren't you? Yeah, Watford and Tottenham. I was a mm-hmm. big okay. My, uh, one side of the family was big Tottenham fans, mm-hmm. so um, I used to go to some of the Tottenham games as well, which is great because. Like you say, growing up as a kid, you wanted to watch all types of players. And mm-hmm. for me, I was lucky enough to watch the likes of like Glenn Oddle, Mickey Hazard and all that when I was younger growing up. So it was, yeah, it was a great start. Mm, so in terms of your favourite player growing up then, who would you say? Is it a Watford player? No, it was Paul Gascoigne at the time, obviously. Oh. Um, as a midfield player, watching watching Gazza play, watching him grow as a, as a player. And then for my position, obviously, I loved watching people like Stuart Pearce, Paolo Maldini. Um, so, yeah, a, a variation of left-backs, really, that were playing in my position. 
Um, <laughs> playing in my position, as I say, I'm better than them, not a chance. <laughs> um, but yeah, for me, it was it was all about trying to watch quality players to see what they did, and 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 the same as watching players in in where I was going to start off as a left back and see how they were doing. Mm. Yeah, that's brilliant. Favorite ever moment in football, Paul? If you could. I think my favourite moment in football is obviously um, I've got quite a few. The back-to-back promotions with Watford, where we went from League One to the Championship, which is now the Premiership. Mm-hmm. Back then, obviously, it was all changed, um, so we did, did we did that back-to-back, and then obviously the Great Escape at West Brom was um, an unbelievable oh, yeah. achievement. So that that and then the promotion with under Tony Mowbray. So yeah, so I've had I've got some great memories. Obviously, the FA Cup runs as well, which was great, but. Yeah, I think them four the stand out for me because obviously you, you go up as winners and you enjoy their moments when you do. Of course, of course. And in terms of toughest opponent and team played against, where does that rank for you? Um, oh, well, there's a few. Well, obviously Ronaldo's going to come to mind straight away because at the time he was still young, young developing winger um, who you could see at the time that he was going to be something special just because of the way he moved, his style of play and his, his physique. Um, so, yeah, but... I mean, I was I was lucky enough to play against the likes of Beckham, Joe Cole, so many Ryan Giggs. It was it's hard. Like Robin, Iron Robin again was another one. He was he was just world class as a winger. Um, Sean White Phillips. So yeah, I've, I've been lucky enough to come up against some great wingers. But team wise, I would probably say the best team I've played against would have to be the Liverpool team with G, uh, Steven Gerrard and that in it. That was um that was some team at the time. Danny Murphy was in midfield with him. It was um. Stephen and right back Jamie Carragher centre half and Sammy Hippier. Um, so yeah, some some that was that was a, that was a real good team. That was some unbelievable players. There, I won't lie. It's making yeah. me jealous here. Some of these names you said Gascoigne there. Sadly, I wasn't old enough to see him play. Jamie, did you catch Gascoigne at all? Or I'm I'm only twenty nine, so yeah. probably just just out of my reach of kind yeah. of age of watching, especially. No, fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. Then, it, well, thanks, those Robbo. In terms of um, Blues, then, or getting into Ooh. professional football, we'll talk about that. So, started career at Watford, didn't you? Yes. 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 So come through the academy. At the age of nine, I went in there twice a week um, and then still played for my grassroots team up until I really signed the scholarships. So, that was, that was a really good upbringing for me because, obviously, I got the time with the academy side of it, but then I also got the time with my mates and enjoying it on a Saturday and a Sunday, obviously. The game sometimes then for Watford when I got older were on Saturdays, so I'd have to miss my Saturday football with my lad with my mates. But then I used to get time to play with them on a Sunday. Mm. So yeah, great great upbringing for me and really enjoyable time, um, mm. especially for a kid when you when you want that balance. Um, yeah. yeah, it was a real mixture. Um, so yeah, and then I made my debut then at Watford when I was seventeen. So under Grant Taylor was the manager, mm-hmm. and um, he put all of his faith in me into to giving me my league debut at the age of, yeah young age of seventeen. And what is that like, stepping on the pitch for the first time, particularly not just in professional football, but for the club you support? Like, that must just be unreal. And also, yeah, it was against Luton. Yeah, it was against the local Sorry, rivals, yes. Yeah, so it was even more special, that one. After two minutes as well, um, I was sitting on the bench. So you had you had no time to get panicky or, or yeah. like, get yourself worried about too much, too many things, because, you like you say, two minutes straight on the pitch, the left-back got injured. Dom Ludden pulled his hamstring and... Graham Taylor just turned around to me and went, Robbo, get ready, you're going on. And I was like, uh, okay, yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's thrown in in the um, deep end, isn't it? No, but it was brilliant for me because mm. I think, like you say, as a young kid nowadays, if you if you if you get an opportunity, then you've got to take it with both hands and you've got to make the most of it because them chances don't come around too often. And 
for me at such a young age, I knew that was my 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 one time opportunity to prove a point to the boss that I was ready. And in terms of obviously, you stayed at Watford for a good amount of time. All the clubs you've been at, really, you've stayed at each club for a good number of years. You're you're quite a loyal player. When, as a player, do you feel and know it's right for you to then move on? Because if I if say if I was with a club for so long, I'd find it tricky to move on. But you've been very loyal. So when do you know it's right to make the change? I think you know when it's right to get a change. I, th- I think, like you say, now I was very loyal to clubs. Obviously, Watford, I'd been sold to West Brom, so that was that was taken out of my hands. Um, West Brom again, they'd agreed a fee with Bolton for me to go on loan when when I'd got to sort of seven, nearly eight years at the football club. So, but yeah, you, I think you get to a point where you see players that you've played with for, for numerous years and you see them moving on and you know then it's changing, the, sort mm-hmm. of the atmosphere is changing, the characters that you grew up with and you played your football with over over numerous years were, were going to different challenges. And I think you get to a point now where you feel yourself, your time's coming up and you need a new challenge and you need to move on. So yeah, it's... Uh, it can be quite challenging sometimes, but for me, yeah, I was, I was fortunate enough that I was, I was, I was quite well, well liked where I was staying, and um, and I really enjoyed my football at the football clubs I played at, and that that for me, that's the most important thing is that you enjoy your football and you make the most of it while you're while you're there. Bolton was the only Bolton really was only three years I was there just because of the fact is that I didn't I didn't move my family, so we still stayed in the Midlands when I was um, when I left West Brom. My family didn't want to move, and I didn't want to move them because obviously we just we just settled. We got new new friendship group. My wife and kids had gone to like they'd gone to their schools, and I and I think it's hard to 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 upheave the kids again and move them on to something different. So hmm. yeah, so we decided that we'd stay in the area, um, and I I would travel and rent up there. But yeah, I just didn't I didn't settle just because of the fact is that my family wasn't around me all the time. Hmm. And then obviously oh. you you came to Blues then and when you first came to Blues, it was, from reading it, it was meant to be for a month or two, wasn't it? And then obviously you stayed for years and years. So how how did the move to Blues come about? Well, I was going to sign in the, in the summer um, because I was a free contract from Bolton, but um, Lee Clark couldn't do the deal for some reason. I don't know what was going on, um, but he just said, I think it was the amount of bodies that he, he had in the building that he couldn't bring any more players in. So he was he was honest with me and he was upfront with me, which was great. Um so yeah, it was it was tough though. That three months, I didn't have a club. I was training by myself. I was going for runs. I was keeping fit. I was doing football sessions. I was going on trials to other clubs, um, just putting myself out there. I was I wasn't afraid to to sort of say right, we'll come in, we'll have a look at you to see what what sort of shape you're in. For me, it was I need to go in. I need to prove a point because that's that's my mentality and that's my character. Um, so yeah, I did find it tough when when clubs were not accepting that they weren't going to take you on. Um, so yeah, and then out the blue, obviously Blues had a big injury crisis when they when yes. at the time it was it was a real bad defensive. Uh, M- Murphy had gone down with a knee injury. Stephen Carr had gone out with a knee injury. Um, so there was a there was a lot more defenders that that dropped down. And then Lee Clark phoned me and he said, "Look, can you come in when we want to have a look at you?" Um, so I went in and trained, and it was month to month for the first four months I was doing that. So it was yeah, it was crazy. I've never done it before. It was a bit of a wild experience, but one I really enjoyed. And again, it it, it made me it, it made me settle and be easier when I went in there anyway, because I knew most of the lads and they was a great group. So yeah, it, I, I sort of fitted in straight away, which which made it easier for me. 
I was going to, just out of my own curiosity, really, Robbo, like you were saying, obviously, you're a free agent looking for tea. How does that work in terms of, do you have like a CV that you send off to football clubs or do you phone about? Like, how does that kind of thing work when you're a free agent in football? Yeah, I think it's obviously your agent. You, you rely on your agent to help you out, phone clubs, uh, but obviously not too much. It, again, now it's about trust, isn't it, players? Um, mm -hmm. I was 33 at the time and... It's a funny number now. When you when you get in your thirties, it becomes funny for managers to to sort of try and accept these older pros who are they're, they're looking at probably they're on their downward slope going into the end of their careers. But for me, it's it's just a number. Um, I always yeah. looked after myself. I was always professional. Um, I wanted to always do what was right. If I wasn't going to play, then I was always very supportive of my teammates. That was just me. So I knew I just had to go into somewhere and prove a point and. Unfortunately, the clubs that I went in before couldn't either afford to give me a wage, or they were really they were they were they had too many numbers for my position. But but it was great because I knew that I was going in to certain clubs and keeping fit. Um, but like you say, you just miss that day to day and that game when it comes to a game when you got the crowd. That's what I was missing. I was missing that buzz on a on a weekend and and every day being around a group of lads. Yeah, I, I really did miss that. So I was finding it hard, but I got for it. Um, with determination and mental mental toughness, I, I I found a way to sort of block out the negativity and and just keep going. And yeah, Lee Clark um, really looked after me, so it was great. I really appreciate Lee Clark giving me a call. And in yeah. terms of settling into a club, like I imagine it can be quite tricky. You said you know or you knew most of the Blues players at the time, but how is it transitioning from club to club? Is it is it tricky? Because from the outside looking in, it seems like it should be seamless, but. You know, mentally, it's a new challenge having to move location, housewise, new club, new set of play. It's a whole new life for you, isn't it? So what's it like transitioning from one club to another? I think it depends on on what type of person you are. You can be a person that will go in and not really get involved or just stay in the background and just come in and do your training and try not to be part of the group and just work people out. But for me, it was about, I just want to go in and I want to get to know the lads. I want to, I want to go in, I want to train, I want to get my head down, I want to get fit, I want to prove a point. So yeah, I was always prepared to get to get stuck in from the word go. And that, that was me. Um, obviously some people are different, but yeah, I, I mean, I was like you say, it was lucky enough that the group of lads that I went into was obviously mm. experienced group in Wade, Darren Ambrose, Curtis Davis, who I played with at West Brom at the time. So I knew, I knew a lot of the lads, Colin Doyle, just, just from playing on playing against them uh, when, when I was at my old teams and you do, you get to know faces and you get to know people. And yeah, it was just an easy transition mm. for me because of that, because of the type of character I am as well. Mm -hmm. It was just the perfect fit for me. Obviously, I had to win the fans over because of the situation before with Damian Johnson. But that's football. That's that's what you have to do as a player. You have to go in. You have to get your head down. Not worry about too much of the the noise that's going on in the background. And just mm. when you get that shirt on, is make sure you work with pride and you give one hundred and ten percent. Sure. And in terms of your time at Blues, you were obviously it was it was a very uh, bumpy road at times. There was so much going on at the club between the years you were there. One we had Magoma on the podcast recently, and one main talking point for us was the the Rowett sacking, obviously, because we were seventh in the league at the time, and it was quite surprising for everyone. I'm sure yourself as well. But Magoma said at the time that he felt that the squad was good enough to get playoffs that season, um, and obviously since then the club hasn't really been able to get up to that level. But that that season that Rowett was sacked, if he wasn't sacked, do you think playoffs could have been could have been you know potentially viable for us? I think you. I think you're always. When you're in and around it, you've always got to show great positivity and 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 belief. And and we had a good belief within the group. That was that was the great thing about it is that Birmingham's Birmingham's renowned for having that tight knit group. 
that workmanlike um, that squad that gets stuck in and even in training, um, there's no excuses. You don't come in and, and go half-hearted. It's we're training all together fully. And then when we go into the games, we're exactly the same. So yeah, we had a real tight-knit group. And obviously, look, we're seeing it in football quite a lot now. Is if owners are not too happy with what's going on, one loss, two losses, it, it's easy for them to go, right, okay, well, we need a change. We need something different. And and it is happening a lot in football. And 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 it does. It, like you say, if you're on good runs and you're doing well, you want to see that, you want to see that carried on. But yeah, for some reason or another, the the board decided to to make a change. Whether it was right, whether it was wrong, it proved that it was wrong at the time because obviously we we just survived relegation from being near the top half of the table. So um yeah, it's uh it can be it can be quite worrying sometimes decisions that are made. But this is football. I mean, we get paid to we get paid to play. That's all we can do as players. We we our jobs are to perform on a day to day basis, and then when it comes to the game, it's three points. That's all. That that's what it is. Football, unfortunately, it's about getting three points. If you're yeah. not getting three points, then questions are being asked. It's a results based business, isn't it? Unfortunately, Robbo, it's one of them. That's how it works. Yeah. But unless you've got yeah, but unless you've got an owner that is giving you a three to five year plan and they stick yeah. with that, that's that's the difference. But again. Everyone wants success now. Everyone wants this, this, the, these teams to go straight up, and it, it, it unfortunately, it doesn't happen. It's not that easy. Mm-hmm. No, I know. Oh God, like if I could deal with the optimistic Birmingham fans, of course, they're, they're expecting every season. Note we're going up. This is it, and I'm like, let's just take it easy. Like we're having a good season so far. Let's not think too hard about the playoffs at the minute. Like, yeah, it's one of them, isn't it? Yeah, but it's um, great to always be positive, though, isn't it? That's the thing. It's of course. As fans, as fans, we're all passionate and we all want our team to do well. That's that's who we are. It's 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 in us. That's that's the type of people we are. We're humans. We're we're all we're all we're all normal and we all have our say on things. So as fans, you want you want to go into every game knowing that the lads are going to go out there and get three points. But you know, then it's not that easy. And the other team that will come, they want the three points just as much as what you do. So uh, so yeah, that's why that's why we love the game so much. Oh God, yeah, couldn't imagine life without football. It's a great thing. So obviously, while you're at the club, you converted from a left back to a centre back, and yes, I thought it was a stroke of genius. When I obviously I've been to Blues fan all my life, I remember watching it, and you just kind of fell into it like a glove, didn't you? Really, you took to it. I thought like a piece of cake. How did you find it personally when you were told you're going to move into a centre back role? I would say it was a piece of cake. <laughs> I thought you did well. Just that, you... For me, it's football's been my life. So mm. transitioning from different positions, I mean, I played I played right back under Lee Clark a few times when I had to fill in. So it, for me, it's when you play with the shirt, you play that that that's it for me. No matter where, no matter what position I was playing, I was always going to do my best. I was always going to give it my all. Um, so yeah, going in at left sided centre half next to Curtis always helps because Curtis he's been a top centre half over the years as well, and um, he's still going strong with Derby. Um, but yeah. I think, like you say, as a player, because of, because you've played it for so long, you naturally, your mind thinks differently whatever position you play. So for me, going in at centre-half, it was no different to, to sort of playing at left-back. I was always nearer that side, but just in the middle of the pitch. And I knew then that I could control the game a little bit better, but I could also talk and help my players that were in around me as well and, ho- and hopefully make them better players too. So, so, yeah, it seamlessly went in like people would look at it and go that it, it fitted my role. Um, 
But for me, it was just another position where I'd go in and give my all. That was all it was in my head. So, yeah, in terms of your time at Blues and all of that stuff, who was the best player you played with, ability, attitude, etc.? I think ability-wise, you'd have to say Ravel Morrison. Um, yeah. I mean, his talent was unbelievable. I've never seen nothing like it. A player that was so comfortable with both feet. He could mm -hmm. glide past players. He could control the game um, with how he wanted to play, the tempo. But he, he was just let down with his attitude sometimes. But again, it's understandable. He was he was at Man United as a, as a young kid. You're at one of the biggest clubs in the world. And we see it now with some of the younger lads. They just get lost, unfortunately. And it's and it gets too much for them. So, so yeah, when Rav come to us, obviously, it was um, he was having them sort of issues off the field more than, than what he was on them. Yeah. Um, but, but for me, he was just an unbelievable talent. And, um, and it is, it's a shame to see where his career's gone because I believe that he could have played at the highest level for, for, for a long, long time. But um, he seems to have slipped away a little bit. But no, he, when you've when you seen him on the training ground, you just give him the ball. Go on, Rav, just <laughs> do your magic. Go on, mate, just crack on with it. And then we'll just support you when we need to. Um, so, yeah, so he was always, but then again, you like your attitude wise, you had your Curtis Davis, your Wade yeah. Elliott, your Steve Caldwells. So we had big personalities there that, that were really good professionals. And there was a real good Peter Lovencrantz, Darren yeah. Ambrose. Like obviously, Darren Ambrose, I, I felt really sorry for Darren because when you played against him over the years, he was a top, top player. But he just, he, he, when he was at Blues, for some reason, he just kept picking up so many injuries. He, yeah, that's the thing, because you could always tell he was a class footballer. Yeah, but he was, but he was so unlucky. He had Hayden, Hayden Mullins as well. He was a was a steady senior professional and a great lad. So yeah, we had a we had a real good blend there, and it was really good. And then obviously, the young lads that were Mitch Hancock's, your Callum Riley's, uh, you had your Chris Burks there as well. And then obviously on loan we had Jesse Lingard who come in and done really well for us. So what Jesse, a debut. Um, but I think that group then at the time, like you say, your Dan Burns, who now when you look at him. Yes. in the Premier League and Brighton he's done really well Cole Bartley I thought they all come in and done really really well for us so when we lost that group as well that's that's what done us when 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 Lee Clark lost all them in January it was a that was a massive loss for us and yeah again we had that slippery slope where we went down and was looking at relegation again and we only survived on the Bolton game that was it yeah I've got that question's coming up at some point as well yeah uh, yeah, you were right though. Like the squad literally went from being solid, and then we lost so many players. And I suppose, I suppose as a player for you yourself, it must just be crazy walking in and kind of going right. Like I've gotten used to playing with these players, and now it's a different players play differently, don't they? So I suppose for yeah, you, it's course. adjusting. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And you also knew that you were going to lose players like Nathan Redman and Damari Gray just because of oh, yeah. they're talented. Like them, them, them players don't stay at clubs for too long just because of the the amount of teams that are watching them because of not only their potential, but the quality that they're showing at the time. So, so yeah, it was, I mean, it was a great group. It was so good to be around seeing like the mixture of the youth coming through and the quality of the experienced players that were in and around the place. In your six years at Blues, Robbo, yes. who was your favourite manager, if you're allowed to answer that? I think my favourite manager at the time was obviously, I really, I really liked Lee Clark, really, really liked Lee. I thought he was a, he was a great personality, a great guy to be around on a daily basis. Um, obviously, he found it tough towards the end at times, which was, again, when you see a manager struggling like that, it's it's always quite tough. But for me, I'm always very grateful for for him bringing me in. Um, and then obviously Gary Rowett come in again. His ideas were different, so he had a great relationship with Gary. Um, so that always helped. 
So yeah, I'd probably say them two really. I would I would say that them two were the main sort of managers that I really enjoyed my football under and, and really enjoyed the groups of players that I played with. I like that. Um, your favourite moment in a blue shirt? My favourite moment? Oh, God. Um, <laughs> obviously, I'm going to say scoring the goal. Uh, my first goal, really, was against, was it Bristol Rovers in the cup I scored, was it? Bristol oh, Rovers? I've got it here. You scored four goals for Blues. First goal against Bristol Rovers in the FA yeah, Cup, 3-0. Like the, the QPR one with my bullet header on the back stick. I really enjoyed Equalized, that one. Yeah. I won at Derby. I think Derby, I think that's been... My highlight was the 3-0 win at Pride Park. I, like, I, I think that, like you say, that was a real complete performance that day of how, how we played as a group. And it could have been more, but but I just think the way that we went there and we dictated play, we frustrated a, a real good quality side. Um, and then to come up, come out 3-0 winners, I just thought it was the perfect performance. So, yeah, I would probably say that, that that was the standout result for me, one of them, that game. Yeah. I mean, you've had a lot of good moments in a blue shirt, really. Going into one... I personally obviously will never forget. I wasn't there, but I was watching it live on TV. What was the euphoria like the moment, obviously, with the equaliser at Bolton in 2014? Cool. We can Just unbelievable scenes. Just, <clears throat> again, things in football that you'd never think about. Like, obviously, the situation you was in was tough. Mm -hmm. The lead up to the week was quite relaxed. We never really put ourselves under any pressure. But obviously, the outside noise that, that kept grumbling on was making it quite hard for us as a group to sort of focus on what we needed to do. Um, I think the emotions of the game, knowing what was at stake as well, was leading into it. And then when you go 2-0 down, you just expect the worst. So it, it it was like, it was one of those things where, right, this is it now. We either sink or we, or we swim. We've got to come out fighting. We've got to give it our all. There's not long left in the game. And then obviously we get the equaliser um, in the, was it 93rd, 94th yeah. minute? And the, and for it was just it like that just that that sense of relief of oh my god how have we just managed this? Um, but even the Bolton fans singing, um, like the the noise at the end, the keep right on from all the fans, and but for me again, it's the enjoyment of surviving, but the disappointment of again, it's another battle against relegation, and um. I hated it. I hated the fact that we, like a club like Birmingham, was always around the relegation zones. A club like Birmingham should be up the top. That that's the type of team it is. That's the type of club it is. But with the struggles, with with the situation, it feels it always felt like you was always fighting against the tide, and it was always a tough one to deal with. So, yeah, the year after year surviving was was not for me. I I never enjoyed it, but obviously I enjoyed the the way that the club always just kept fighting to the end and we always managed to just survive but that was also down to the fans always being right behind us and supporting us and get and travelling as far to get right behind us and then at home to keep coming and, and, and driving the team forward but yeah it's tough it's always tough to know that you're at a big club in my eyes Birmingham is a big club um, it's a sleeping giant but it should be never always struggling around the bottom it should be you shouldn't be doing that appreciate that I personally feel like we are and I feel like at some point we're gonna just have to start to get to where we should be because I'm, you know, I'm obviously gonna be biased as a Birmingham fan, but I do feel like we don't deserve to be battling relegation all the time, and it's it's infuriating as a fan. So I can imagine as a footballer to your standard, it is infuriating every year when you were playing, going, "Oh God, a relegation battle again. We're better than this. Like, what are we doing?" Kind of thing. Definitely, no, definitely, one hundred percent. And and each year you're hoping it's gonna change. That's the thing. It's 
you're hoping for a more positive year. You're hoping for a for a higher finish for being in and around the top ten just to just to like feel more positive about it. But yeah, I mean this like like you say this season is the the lads are doing really well. Obviously, they'd be disappointed with the the finish before the international break because I watched the game live on Sky and. Um, I thought the Blues like they deserve to to nick a draw in the end because they come on strong. Yeah, it just to me going on to that game. I think it was we played three games in six days, and not to cry about it, but obviously Sunderland had I think it was six to seven days rest between games, and you could very quickly see that there was a definite. You know, we our players we're not got a young young squad, so our players were fatiguing, yeah. and they just came on strong and got us. But then yeah. the last 20, 30 minutes we battered them. It was just typical, unfortunate performance where we did everything but score the second goal. These yeah. things happen. And that's football for you, isn't it? That's yeah. the thing. Frustrating because you know when you're on top and you just want that ball to fall the right way and go in the goal in the net for you to make it 2-2. You, you, like you say, it's always tough to take when you've, you've given all that effort for the last 30 minutes and you end up losing. I, call, I called it 10 minutes in. I watched it and... Obviously, you saw the game yourself when Troy hit yeah. the bar like yeah. five minutes in. Yeah, I, tell her, I, I text my mates and I was like, lads, this isn't our night. And they were like, it's only 10 minutes. I was like, Troy Deeney does not miss chances like that. He's a natural goal scorer. I'm telling you right now, something like it's just written in the stars tonight. The team's going to hit us like, I'm telling you. Yeah. Obviously, so that comes to your Blues career, kind of. We've gone through all that. Um, what made you want to go into coaching? Was that just a natural thing you wanted to do or was it a last minute decision? <laughs> no, because. I always felt when I was a player, I was a coach because I was the type of communicator that played. Um, so I was always talking when I was on the pitch. Um, so for me, it was always about passing on my experiences as well, my knowledge, not just on the pitch, but off it. How can I How can I help the younger generation? How can I still help the, 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 the more senior lads that are coming through? How can I help them then sort of take control and take leadership of the team knowing that I'm moving on and I'm going into the coaching side of it? So my transition for me was quite easy because I knew where I wanted to be. I knew what I wanted to do. So I did my coaching before I retired. I started going and taking training sessions with younger age groups. Then I joined in with Bigley, who was with the under 23. So I would take yeah. training and then I'd also join in the training as well. So I was coaching while I was playing. So the, the 23s lads were getting, they were getting used to what it's like in a first team sort of environment with how I moved the ball quickly, how I communicated. So that was great for me. Um, so, yeah, the transition was was really quite easy for me. And obviously, Gary Monk gave me the opportunity then to work with Bailey in the under-23s as the assistant. So, um, so yeah, my transition was quite smooth. Good, yeah. You, you seem to be really enjoying yourself anyway. Like, it was nice seeing you down St Andrews the other week for the game. Yeah, sitting on there, yeah. yeah. The opposition dugout was... Uh, yeah. Was it a weird fast. feeling? It's a, different, it's a different feeling when you're with a first team yeah. um, and you're working with senior players. And, and like you say, you're on that side of the fence now where... You're in the opposite dugout and you're seeing the fans that you haven't seen for a while. So it was, yeah, it was really nice. It's always nice going back to the place that you played because the memories just come flooding back of of the great times that you had at the football club when you were there playing. So um, no, St Andrews and, and and Blues will always have a special place in my heart because I thoroughly enjoyed some of my time at the club, but sometimes were obviously quite tough. Um, but that, again, yeah. that, that that makes you that makes makes you the person that you are today and makes you stronger with how you are and how you deal with situations. So no, it was it was great, and obviously a, a nil nil was probably a fair result for for both teams. Yeah, I mean, let's be fair about it. I mean, I don't know if many fans are going to agree with what I'm about to say, but you probably could have won it at the end. You had that one on one, didn't you? Like eighty yeah. odd minutes in, like obviously Ruddy was fantastic, came out quick. 
yeah. got got to the man super quick. But all game, it was one of them. I was like, Millwall have shut us down here. We're not getting a chance on the ball. And I said, if it's going to fall to anyone, it's going to be a scrappy goal tonight. And then you broke one on one. I was like, oh, no, here it is. Like, there's the chance. So, yeah, one of them. To be fair to Tyler, Tyler, Tyler's normally quite good in 1v1 situations, but it, I think it was just one of those moments when John Ruddy, the size of him, the way he come out from his goal, I think Massive. Tyler sort of scared himself a little bit and thought, oh my God, where am I going to put this? But he's a young lad. He's still learning the game. He's, oh, he's, yeah. got, he's got a fantastic career ahead of him and he and we'll keep working with these players. We'll keep working hard with them. We'll keep keep trying to get them to do the right things and but again they they they're going to keep making mistakes because they're still learning this, that side of the game so it's uh, we've got to be patient with them and we've got to keep being positive with them so so yeah it was uh, one of those moments but like you say he's um he's going to have a good career here oh yeah like from the look of like there's no where are you in the league you you were we're playoffs sick. weren't we're you sick, now, yeah, yeah. and there's a reason you are like we called it straight away. All the Blues fans, you know, we were talking about it before the game. We kind of said, this is a Rowett team. We know what Rowett sets up like. We know it's going to be a difficult day in the office. If Even if Millwall don't really manage to get many attacks off, you know, they're going to work hard for each other, you know, and that's the kind of play that Rowett would always implement and bring in. Yeah. No, so definitely. Knew... Yeah, but when you go to St Andrews, you know, if, if you let the fans get right behind the team, it becomes intimidating. And oh, that's yeah. And that's why we, like you say, we got to go there and we got to nullify that. We've got to, we've got to just be horrible to play against. We've got to do the right things. And I did. I thought we controlled the game really well. Thought our defenders against Troy because we know what Troy's like. He's a, he's a top top player on his day. So young Charlie Creswell dealt with him really well, and and it was good for him as well because he's he's on that learning curve of where he wants to be in his career. So um, so yeah, Scotty Hogan. He's always got great movement. So you've got to be careful with him as well. It's uh. He's having a good season. I really like Scott. I really like him. He's he's one of those strikers you never know what you're going to get from him. But but yeah. he definitely knows where he definitely knows where the back of the net is. So yeah, you've you've always got to be on your toes with these type of players. But yeah, I just thought we controlled the game and like you said there, we could have nicked it towards the end. But I just thought it was a fair result from a nil nil in the end. Yeah, I did as well. Don't get me wrong. I thought I'm happy with the draw in the end, especially against a tough Millwall team. The one player who did impress me the most, I can't remember his name. I'm really sorry. Your centre half, he's massive. He's an Jake absolute. Cooper. Yeah, him. Yeah, he yeah, is huge. I remember looking yeah. at him, going, "Who is this? Like, he's massive." Uh, uh, he's a good Jake's a good player. He's uh, he's 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 at that age now where he's he should be in his prime and enjoying his football. But no, he's he's been superb. I mean, the two years that I've been there, we've he's a, he's a big presence. He's a, he's a he's a leader. He's he's got good qualities about him, and yeah, he is. He's uh, on his day. He's he's tough to get past. So it's. It's good noticed. to have him on our team. Yeah, we noticed. Like, I think our end game result was towards the end of the game, we brought Juki on and we were trying to obviously, you know yourself, you've played with Juki yeah. enough. You know the drill with Juki. Get the yeah. ball to his head. He's phenomenal in the air. And he didn't really get much of a chance because Cooper just, I think, stuck to him. Well, he kept pulling, he kept pulling out to Danny Macklin on the right back area. Yeah. And, yeah. and he just used your body. Yeah. So. Yeah, because you know what Duke is like? He likes pulling off to that back stick and he likes there trying to head it back across goal. So yeah. He's very, very clever, Duke. Yeah? I know what he's all about, but he's, uh, but he's, he's, a, he's a great player to have around the place, obviously. Oh, we love him. Not getting the amount of the game time that he likes, but you know when he comes on that pitch, he's he's a different it's a different type of player that you've got to come up against. So, um, yeah, he, he always changes the game just because of his presence. And that's the thing with Duke, like... I know we're going a little bit off topic, but I just love talking about Duke especially. He obviously was out the team for a little bit this season, then came in against Stoke away, and he didn't score, but he was man of the match. We won 2-1, and 
he ran the defence ragged. He did everything yeah. as that big target man. And he's just so professional and so good. What was he like, if you don't mind me asking us? So I'm assuming a lot of your playing yeah, the Juki, Juki was a real. I got on well with Juki. Um, I, like you say, I'll text him every now and then just to catch up with him to see how him and his family are doing. Um, yeah. he's, a, he's a real gentleman. And you know what you get from him when you're on the pitch. You've got to play to his strengths. Juki loves yeah. crosses. So if you, oh. haven't got, if you haven't got any crosses on the pitch, then there's no point in having Juki there because he thrives on them balls coming into the box and he, he just he goes and attacks them so well, like crosses as well, set pieces. He's just dang, but he is. He's a great lad off the pitch, a real gentleman, a real good worker as well, professional, hardworking. And it's great to see him. He's probably, he's probably frustrated that he's not getting as much game time. But I also think he realises that when he's needed, you know what you're going to get from him and you know that, that he brings the best out of the team with him in it. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's hard when you get to when you what is he now, Juki? 32, 33? Uh I think he's not a little yeah, well. baby, that's what he is. But yeah, it's but it is. He's frust players players always want to play. That's that's the thing. Players always of they course. always believe that they can they can play every 90 minutes. But the championship is relentless now. The 46 games, the travelling is is incredible. The, the amount of travelling that it, that takes it out of you. Not only playing 90 minutes, but sitting on the coach for five or six hours is it's hard work. So, um, so yeah, but when Juki plays, you know what you're going to get. And he is, he's a great lad to be around. I, I really enjoyed his company when I was at Blues. Yeah, he's, he just seems like that kind of player. Like whenever, you, even you see him on the pitch, like I, I don't know how to describe it. I suppose when you see a player, you kind mm. of get an emphasis of how they must be in like outside of football, you know, the way they act. And you always kind of think with Juki, he's a tough player, but he also yeah. seems very calm and very chill like. Yeah, you know, he'll win every header, he'll go for every 50 50. But at the same time, like if he takes someone down back, so you'll always see him be like, You're right, like, <laughs> sorry, like he's a winner, that's what he is. Juki's a winner, oh, he, hates, yeah. he hates losing, like we um, all do. Of course, we love him, don't get me wrong. Like, everyone this season was saying, Oh, I think he's past it. After that Stoke game, I was like, No, he's got another two to three years at least. And him, you just like you said, Robbo, play to his strengths, get the yeah. ball in the box to him, put it in the air. Yeah, like, that's the difference. Is you have to, like, every player is different. No matter who you play against, every player, individual player has, they have strengths, they have weaknesses. It's just part and parcel of the game. But Juki, you have to play to your strengths. You're not going to get the best out of Juki if you don't play to your strengths. Of course, I imagine as a left-back, was that all right for you? If you were getting up the pitch a little bit and just kind of looked up, a bit of pressure, and just like, I'm just going to whip it into Juke. <laughs> yeah, just put it into them dangerous areas and then you're hoping that he's in there on the end of it. That's That's what you're hoping, but... Again, it's service. The the service has got to be right for him. You can't, of course, you can't just you can't just boot balls like anywhere, hoping that Juki's going to get on the end of it because <laughs> that ain't the way. That, that that's not the way to play to him. Um, you, you've got you've got to play into him with quality, it's like into his chest, so he can hold it up and, and link play. Or like you say, when you're in them wide areas, half a yard and get the ball in the box, and you know if it's a good ball, one hundred percent Juki's coming in on the end of it. Oh yeah. You can see the panic in every defender. If a good ball goes in the box, you just see every centre half like, oh no, like. Well, as a defender, you're hoping the goalie's coming for it. That's what you're hoping. <laughs> just look at it, please. Like, yeah, come on, come out for it. <laughs> Help me. Um, <laughs> what's your future plans, if you don't mind me asking, Robert? It's one of the last questions I'm going to ask you. Like, in terms of, do you want to go into manager? Do you want to punditry a little bit? Is there a. No, I want to be a manager. Yeah, I want, I want to be a manager one day. Um, obviously, I'm learning the ropes at the moment. I've been coaching now for. Three and a half years, um, really enjoyed it. Different levels, so 23s, 18s, and then first team. So, yeah, I've had, a, I've had a good mixture. I think, like you say, the 23s and the 18s, I think, really tested me as a, as a, as a person just just because of the, the mindset that you need to have and 
you can't expect the players to be like you. That's that was what I found hard was is that the kids are not, they're not going to be the same player as you. So you've got to speak to them differently. You've got to coach them differently, and 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 you've got to help them. You've got to encourage them, and you've got to be positive with them. And yeah, I really struggled with that to start with. Um, but now I seem to have sort of calmed myself down a little bit. Um, I'm enjoying my coaching around the senior lads. I work with some younger, the, the, like the individual stuff with the younger players, but with their clips as well off the field. Um, and that really, that really helps me then to have them relationships because you do, as I think, if you're a coach or your manager, you have to have good man management skills and you have to have them relationships with the players where you can talk to them, even though they're not in the team, you can still have that, that, that relationship with them, knowing that when they're needed, their qualities and the respect for them that you have and, but also, you know that you're going to have to give them the hard time sometimes if they're making mistakes and, and you've got to help them when they need that. Um, so, yeah, at the moment, I'm really loving my role. But, yeah, that one day there's going to, going to come a time where I want to be a manager and I want to have a go. I want to I want to challenge myself and put myself out the comfort zone and, and be standing on that touchline barking out orders. Just be like when you're in the back line then back in the day for Blues. Hopefully, yeah, but a little bit calmer. <laughs> you're always calm. What are you on about? Always, always, always calm and collective. Yeah, yeah, you never got angry once. What are you on about? Until the ref wound me up the wrong way. Wow. No, they they love to uh, give silly decisions away, don't they? These refs, but that's a that's another subject. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that's yeah. <laughs> that's all I've. In terms of questions, Robbo, that is literally all I've got. Like, obviously, I would ask you where you think Blues will finish this season, but I don't know if that's gonna make it awkward with your other role and stuff. I don't want to tread any eggshells with you or anything. I want to. I want to see Blues finish higher than what they have been. Like I want it to be a real positive season for them. I want them to see. I want. I want to see the club moving forward. I think we all do. We all football now. Like even when you see like the clubs that are that are struggling, that shouldn't be struggling. It's hard to watch because you've seen them over the years and you see how, how well they've done and where they've been and what and what they've achieved as a football club. And for me, obviously, I played at Blues, so it's tough. It's it's hard watching sometimes. It's hard seeing what's going on, but. I always stay positive and I always believe that the right time there's going to be the right owners that will buy it and which will move the club forward and and the players themselves, like you're saying, we're seeing we're seeing good youth coming through. We're seeing like the likes of JJ, George Hall. We're seeing these players, we're seeing Job now who's in and around the first team. We're seeing the likes of like Josh Williams, who's played a couple of games. And I I think it's great because they they're in they've been in the academy. They're getting the opportunity to shine at the right times. But Again, we've got to put faith in them young lads. We've got to give them the opportunity. We've got to give them the, the time to show that they're good enough and they can go on to have great careers. Um, but for the right reasons, though, that, that has to be done for the right reasons and not just for the sake of playing them, for, for just, just to get them out there. Um, so, yeah, I, I, honest, I, I would really like Blues to have a positive season and just to see them finish higher than what they have been over the years. Definitely. I've happily, I said to everyone at the start of the season, you give me anywhere from 14th to 12th and I'll bite your hand off. Mm-hmm. I just don't want to get to Mar- like March or April, Robbo, and be like, oh, Christ, we could go down still. Like, I want to be secure by then and just be like, ah, <laughs> this is nice. Like, But that's the beauty with this league, isn't it? Even now you're looking at it and you're going, we're only 11 points away from the bottom three and we're in sixth. So it's, it's again, the division is just, it, it, it's just, an, it is, it's an unbelievable league to play and it's so hard to get out of and it's so hard to stay in because anyone can beat anyone on their day and it's, but again, it's it, but that's why it's such a what that's why it's such a great league as well. Definitely, definitely. It's been Robbo, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. Thank you so much. 
No worries, Jamie. Thank you for having it's me on, mate. Phenomenal. I'm sorry about the internet issues partway through. That's um, all right. We got there. We got there. We Very got well. there. We got there in the end. I've got my half the recordings. That's got the other half. He's just messaged me saying we will send it to Tommy now for editing. But yeah, guys, this has been the Blues Focus podcast. That's been Robbo. He's been fantastic. Thank you so much again for your time. Really appreciate it. No worries, Jamie. Keep right on, mate. And you, bud. Thanks, bro. Podcast Network. There's always something new and exciting happening in Montgomery County, Maryland. Join podcaster and business leader Kelly Leonard and me, Bob Levy, on another episode of Something to Talk About, where we speak with industry leaders making an impact in our county. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.